us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. Many people struggle with their freedom. And we want you to be free. And I need you to understand this. Church is messy. Discipleship is messy. If you're really going to grow in Christ, then there is going to be some ugly boo-boo. There's going to be some stuff come out that is not awesome. It's a whole lot easier. And, And so it's actually hard because you come in and then you're like, okay, God, what do you want to do with my life? And you get excited. And, 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 and from excitement, you begin to then uh, um, begin to um, step toward that excitement. And then you get to be known. And then when you're known, you're, there's personalities and challenges. And then all of a sudden, what's in you starts coming out. And I, I just want you to know that We understand discipleship is messy. There will be people that come in 2023 that voted a certain way, had a worldview a certain way, thought a certain way, uh, conducted their marriage a certain way, parented a certain way, that I hope in 2027 they're no longer thinking those things. But it's messy. Because that means in the middle of 2023 and 2026, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be, but you don't understand, but you don't know my trauma, but you don't know my background, but you don't know. And there's going to be this because we're, even the disciples went through that. They didn't understand, like, just because they're following Jesus, we're following the king we're following like, like just because they were following jesus every time jesus began to test their faith this other motive would come out and he was like yo <laughs> the miracle's not in the food actually i got concepts for you that are going to shift your whole paradigm if you'll allow it see it's easy to believe that there are that that freedom actually if we're not careful it's easy to believe that it's easier for other people to be free than you and that freedom only comes for certain personalities you know if you've got like a super strong will and you're like super aggressive like the rock well then you can probably be free rock Christians are free Hulk Hogan Christians are free but I'm not either one of those so I'm bound actually there's huge deceptions for freedom I'm going to give you one the first deception is that you actually believe that you don't need it you don't need it and so here's what happens is um, you you didn't know this but you're actually a moral relativist You, you believe that you within you can determine right and wrong and so it's very easy to judge everyone else externally while you begin to assess yourself internally on your ideas and your motives but but in all actuality is if you want to assess yourself real quick and you want to find out if you need spiritual freedom mental freedom freedom in your will freedom in your soul come on freedom freedom in your emotions if you need this freedom just go and talk to your family just ask them 
hey, does daddy bear? Does mama bear? How free do you think I am? <laughs> like emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They're going to give you the deer in the headlights look. They're all going to be scared to really answer. Come on. And so I need you to come knowing that God wants to do a transformational work in your life. Here's the second thing is you believe you can't attain it. Like I can't be free. I've been dealing with these struggles my whole life. Depression, anxiety, insecurity, uh, whatever, uh, 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 gluttony, uh, sin, porn, uh, whatever. Like I've gone up a million times and got prayer. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it can never break free off my life. I've had, the, I've had the best pray for me, and it still didn't leave. And people actually believe that. The, the third one is that um, uh, you believe that you have to work for it. Like, if I can do this, and I can do this, and I can learn that content, and I can get that, and I can do that, and I can do that, then I'm going to be more free with more things that I learn. And so we actually begin to, like, read the Bible, not for it to transform us, but because it's some sort of magic spell that if I get enough of it, I'll be able to. <laughs> and we work for it. The truth is, freedom comes when you receive it. You just receive it. And it's hard for us to receive something because it's hard for us to receive something free because we've grown up like wondering what everybody's motives are. <laughs> like what's the return? What's the ROI? Like if I do this, you're gonna do that. Like what's going on? And I want you to understand something that the, sec the section of scripture that we're about to jump into uh, has good news for you that God's grace is sufficient for you the father wants you free and he sent jesus to do it come on stay with me so we're going to teach a little bit today so you're going to have to amen because i might not entertain you and we're just going to kind of use the bible okay so so i, I know it's crazy um galatians chapter 5 verse 1 through 6 it says this for freedom christ has set us free Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Here is what you need to know. Paul is writing this because there is a division in the church. And the division in the church is that he is preaching grace and what Jesus has done and what the Holy Spirit can do in your life and people are following him and they are preaching another message behind him and they are saying yeah all of that is true and good but you also have to fulfill the law so you have to get circumcised and you have to obey the law and if you do the law then ultimately this is the whole <laughs> Like this is the whole enchilada right here. You got to do it all. Put it all in there. That yoke of slavery was like, that yoke is like what you would put on a horse and, and they would carry the wagon that had weight on it. And Jesus is saying, why are you submitting to that yoke again? You have been set free. 
Paul says, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will no longer, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to the whole law. In other words, if this is the route that you go, you have to do it all. And here's the thing is no no one's ever been able to do it all. Okay? So you are severed from Christ who you would be justified by the law. You have fallen, listen, you have fallen from grace through, uh, but though the Holy Spirit through, by faith, listen, listen, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Say with me one more verse. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision, uncircumcision, counts for anything but only faith. Everybody say faith. Come on, say it again. Only faith working through love. Faith working through love. So let's break this down. God gave us a spirit of fear. Come on, argue a little bit. Okay, no. Okay, so here's the the breakdown. If you have little faith, you have more fear, even if you're not aware of it. If you have more fear, then you have distance from God's presence and his communication in your life. Because the, the, and, and, and the end of that is that you don't have any love moving through you because God is love. So when you are close to God, you actually have more love. You, can I just tell you, you don't go to love class? The only way you get more love is if you're closer to him. You don't get more love because you pray for more love. You get more love because you spend more time because he is love. And so when I spend more time with Jesus, then I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking on what he sees about me and not what everybody else sees about me. And so I am in more love and now my faith is activated. Does that make sense? So you can't have high faith and low love. Okay. I want to give you seven fundamentals for seven fundamental takeaways from Galatians 5. We might be here a couple weeks that every Christian should know. And we're just going to spend some time here and camp out. Here's the first one. Total freedom is available. Total freedom is available. I want to give you this graph real quick. And I'm just going to give you kind of a quick theology lesson here. God's plan is for you to be, come on, say it. Okay, I know everybody can read. Come on. God's plan is for you to be, the enemy's plan is for you to be in, Let's do that again. God's plan is for you to be? The enemy's plan is for you to be in? God wants to heal your heart, change your emotions, free your will. God wants to begin to come into your soul and begin to break down all of the things that the enemy has done in your life. But here is the issue. Is that there was a separation between man and God. Because of sin, 
Light and darkness do not coexist in the same place, and God is all light, and we have sin in it. Well, are you calling me a sinner? I absolutely am. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, get two babies, put them in one crib, and give them one toy, and see if they have a sharing contest. The Adamic nature of man is me first. That was passed on from the beginning of time, and you have motives and you seek to build your own kingdom, do it your own way, come on, justify your own actions, is this true or false? My kids didn't go to lie class. My kids didn't go to deception class. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not slamming on them. That's like a passive aggressive. <laughs> Get your life right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, like I, I didn't either, okay? I didn't go to lie class. But yet... When accountability walked in, did you, Stephen, take the cookie? No. I didn't. Why? Because I, I didn't. I believed that if I told the truth, it would get me in. Here's the thing. God knew that man could not approach him because he was holy. And so God began to give, listen, a way out, a way out. And a lot of us don't understand process in the church. This church has changed a lot in the last seven years. Do you know that Jesus didn't show up when the people were in Egypt? God had a process. The Holy Spirit did not fall in exodus all of us feel like and absolutely I, I, i'm not saying that you can't get all of what you need anytime you need it because jesus is our high priest and we can boldly go into the throne but i am telling you that every transformational work in your life will not happen just because you want it you'll have to accept it grow it apply it grow. this is the reality god was trying to move people from bondage to supernatural freedom and here was the step God had a people he picked the people called a man he went out started these he left his father's family Abraham and started an incredible family and, and, and made a covenant with his family and this covenant was that all men would be circumcised and that would be their sign that they were in covenant come on with God and that was his people and he was going to take care of them well through time rebellion uh, leaving what God said, the children of Israel find themselves in captivity, and that's e Exodus, okay? And, and now they're in captivity, and it's been generations, generations that they did not know how to live for God. They had lost all of the customs and the things that God had told them, and they acted more like the, the culture they were in. Sounds like uh, America. Uh, and so, um, and they acted more like the culture and less like God's remnant people. And so God sent uh, a deliverer. Come on, because God is into delivering people. He sent Moses. He gave Moses the Holy Spirit to lead them out of bondage. And he then gave the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments, what did those, what did those do for believers? What did those do for um, God's people? The Ten Commandments did not save them. The Ten Commandments helped them identify the fact that they were sinners.
And so the Ten Commandments were given as a type of which person are you going to serve? Who is going to be your God? And if you will do these ten, you will grow into self-government because they did not have the ability to govern themselves. You'll find this all the time when you have a dominant leader that walks in the room and nobody wants to talk and give their opinion because they've been conditioned to not talk. Hey team, what do you want to do? God knew that his enslaved people did not know how to act and he needed to move them out, give them a guideline, come on, and tell them, here is what sin is. It's not subjective. You don't get to make it up. Come on, I don't know. I know I'm talking to all of my culture people. You don't get to follow your heart. You don't get to make that Christian Scientology post that's like, you know, I know everyone might be against me, but I'm for myself. Because actually, that's that's not the Bible. That's called personal feelings. I'm not saying you haven't been wronged, and I'm not saying that you don't have a reason for a grievance. And I'm not even saying that you don't have a reason for a courageous conversation. I'm just saying that we all get to, like, regardless of your age, your IQ, your race, your identity, these are the things that God sent, and he is going to judge his people on this. Did you keep me first? What came out of your mouth? Did you... And the first four deal with our relationship with God. The last six deal with our relationship with man. And so if you get confused on how you feel about God, then the last six is how you deal with man. And it starts with honor thy father and the mother. Isn't it awesome? That, that, I mean, isn't it weird that, that, that the first one wasn't like don't stab somebody or don't kill somebody, but it was honor your father and mother? Because when you break down your relationship with God, you will break down your family. And when you break down your family, you will compromise in every other area of your life. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. So, here's the thing. The law was given to show everybody they were sinful. And, and this is one of the reasons. So, like, we're in a place in time in our church now where you've got, like, people, pastors who've built mega churches that they're like, ah, the, the Ten Commandments don't matter. No, no, no. You, you, it, it's contextual. We're not under the Ten Commandments, but we need them. Why do we need them? Because they reveal to us what sin is. And if you don't ever get sin defined, you cannot determine how awesome grace is. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's like this with your kids. If you choose to raise entitled kids and they never know what a budget is. Come on, somebody. Like, I don't know if they need to feel the weight of all of your financial complexity, but the fact that you are yes and give me or no and there's no why... And let me just say this. If you're on a budget, don't ever tell your kids you don't have the money. Tell your kids we're appropriating that money somewhere else. It's a purpose. We're purposing our money. We're not in poverty. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so now what I do is, if I don't show the kids the budget, the real numbers, then they cannot be aware, come on, of how much stuff costs. And if I don't show my people what sin is, 
then they don't know the value of grace that I'm bringing into their life. So you do need to know, men, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, don't covet, don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Don't, like, like, hey! And here's what that should do. That should not oppress you. It should turn you. You hear what I'm saying? So, here's the thing. God sent Jesus to make a, a way to man, a bridge, that would bring him and move him into freedom. And so now you have a, a, you have a thought. You have a choice. You get to do two things. You get to listen to voices and make choices your whole life. What voices are you going to listen to and what choices are you going to make? So if you want to do it the enemy's way, the enemy's plan, come on one more time, is, come on, say the word hadn't changed. The enemy's plan is what? Then here's what will happen. The enemy will always offer you the easy way, but it will end up hard. Easy, and it will go to hard. And so it's easy to take on a small little offense, but it gets harder it's easy it's easy it's easy to uh not say no come on somebody to the snacks i just have a problem when pastors talk about that so you amen with we talk about porn but you don't amen when you use food to cope And do we wonder why the church feels like there are heavier things and unheavier things and, and we certain people feel judged and condemned because we, we lean real hard onto these things but we don't lean hard onto these things and I'm just telling you 100% there's an easy way and, and, and the Bible says that broad, like it, no, the broad is the pathway that leads to destruction. It's easy. It's easy to walk by that man or woman at your business next to the water cooler and flirt a little bit. Working out. Babe, where's your ring? <laughs> That's easy, but it gets what? It's easy to say everything that you feel in the moment. Oh my, it just comes up. It just feels so real. Come on, somebody, it feels so raw. It feels so necessary. It's easy. But guess what? It moves you toward hard. And so you get to pick, are you going to willingly move into hard, hard heart, hard mind, no spiritual DNA in your life. You're coming and you're sitting in church, but the Holy Spirit cannot shift anything because you are what? Come on, say it. Or you can say, okay, God, I'll do the hard thing up front. 
What's the hard thing? I will humble myself. I will submit, come on, to your will. I will begin to have you unpack the things in my heart that have been a cycle in my life, cycle in my life. Why am I so angry? Why do I always get offended? Why do I feel like everyone's lying to me? Why do I feel like I'm always deceived? Why do I feel like everybody overcommits and under delivers? What's going on in me? And so I come, I I bring that before the Lord and I do the hard work and guess what then it starts to be easier and a lot of people don't want to do come on listen that hard work total freedom is available for you God has a standard we use the Ten Commandments to reveal sin it shows us the edge of the cliff Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection allows the heaviness of the law to be lifted so that you can enter into this incredible relationship with God. Come on, everybody say amen. Probably need to turn down the air. It's getting, everybody's getting sleepy. All right, put it on 61. All right. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 20. And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know that the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Which one did they leave out? Do not covet. Why? Because this dude was wanting what everybody else had. He wasn't there to serve King Jesus. He was there not to miss what Jesus was giving out. Dollar bills, y'all. If there's something I'm missing, I want it. And the enemy has been using that tactic since the garden. There's something you don't know. There's something you don't have. There's something you're missing. There's something you're... Is this true? Okay. Here's the thing. Why did Jesus use the law? Because the law revealed this man's heart. This is why we use the Ten Commandments now. Do not discard them. We know you can't keep them, but they will measure what's going on in you. Does this make sense? Okay, John chapter 8, verse 24. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In other words, like, you have to believe, and that's the only doorway. That's it. Your belief. And I'm not talking about, like, Disney Channel belief. I'm not talking about, like, R. Kelly belief. You know what I'm saying? I believe I can. Thank y'all. John chapter 3, verse... (laughs) I'm just messing with you. All right. Your faith is the linchpin that causes you to receive from the Lord. Everybody talks about freedom, and everybody wants freedom, but I just need to understand, freedom isn't do whatever you want. Freedom, freedom isn't live how you want, love who you want, do what you want. God has made you free. Free means I have positioned myself to serve Jesus, and now I am free from the attack of the enemy because now I am under cover and I am under what God wants. 
Y'all can clap for that. Y'all make... Y'all making me feel like we're at a Dallas Cowboy game and you're unsure, okay? Here's the second thing, is that Jesus' transformational work is internal and it moves external. We got too many people trying to externally get there. So you, you, you lift your hands in praise, but you don't know why. Like, you can even give and tithe and do all the things. And, and, and I want to challenge you. Like, I don't want you to do the things because we, we say do the things. I want an internal work to happen in your life, and your life is adjusting to the Lord. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Matthew chapter 23, verse 4 says this. The scribes and the Pharisees sat sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you. Look at this. Jesus was not sarcastic, but it does feel that way. It's probably the way I'm reading it. So do and whatever they observe and observe whatever they tell you, but don't do the works that they do. <laughs> I hear what all they're saying, but don't do it. <laughs> For they preach and do not practice. They tie heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulder, but they themselves are not willing to move them with even their finger. Be careful that the people who are giving you the biggest standards in your life are they doing it? We are in a world where you can preach better than you live. You can be creative on your post and not practice. You can be frustrated at how everybody else should do it, but you're not doing it. Oh, we're going to follow God, but we don't tithe. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're obedient here, but we're rebellious here. And that is the tension in the church is, I'm all into this obedience, except for I'm rebellious here. I'm all into this obedience, but I'm rebellious here. And that, and here's the deal, within every faction of our church, not ours, just church, and we see it, and it's disgusting, because we're like, you had me here, and you lost me here, and you had me here, and you lost me here, and you had, is this true? Okay. Sitting on the seat of Moses meant that Moses sat on a seat and judged the people. He judged them based on the law, and so this basically wrapping up this idea is Peter would, and Barnabas I mean Paul and Barnabas would go preach this is Acts chapter 15 the Jerusalem council we don't have time to read it but basically everybody got frustrated that people weren't getting circumcised and following the law of Judaism and so they had this big council meeting and basically they said Paul and Barnabas stood up and said hey yo look <laughs> The Gentiles are receiving the Holy Spirit. God's moving. Things are changing. And they all said, we want them circumcised. We want them to follow the law. We want them. Uh. And then Peter got up and said, listen. Yo, I'm going to be real. Our fathers couldn't fulfill the law. We've never been able to fill the law. Why would you put that on them? And all of a sudden, everything changed. 
okay? Listen. For all of us, there is a transformational work that is happening internally. And if there is no longing in your heart for the Lord, then I am not saying that you're not saved. I am saying there's something hard. You're too busy. You're too bored. Like, I was really kidding about the 61. If it's starting to feel 61, you can, you know, it's kind of like a joke. <laughs> okay. Allow God to do the external work. And, and don't be frustrated that it doesn't happen the first time you come to church. Allow it to happen. Like, we measure growth in years. In years. Here's a third one. Be on guard for those who want to sabotage your growth. I'm going to read this last one, and then we're going to roll. Galatians chapter 5, 7 through 12 says this. You were running well. Like, you were running. You were doing so good. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven, come on, leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. In other words, I'm writing to the church and I'm saying that if you're not careful, there will be a lot of different views that you can take. And the one that who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever it is. Here's what I need you to know. As our church grows, we love our people. We love you. We want to see good things happen to you. But there will be rooms where the leader's not always right, where the life group leader's not always right, where the helper's not always right. And you, you, like, there have even been times in the last seven years where I've had someone meet me afterwards and go, hey, tell me about the scripture again. Because I don't want a church of critics, but I also don't want you like eating everything Go to the Word. That's why we use a lot of Bibles, so that you, it has context. And, and, and I, I can't tell you that I'm right on everything that I believe, but I can tell you that everything that I believe has come from a scriptural basis, not run some one little random, random Pinterest verse. We got people building theology off Pinterest verses. Like, I'm going to read the New Testament. I'm going to base it on the Old Testament. I'm going to put it all together. And based on not just one phrase, but the whole thing, then we're going to have a conversation. But just because you're confused doesn't mean you're right. And just because I'm preaching it doesn't always mean I'm right. And if you're willing to have a dialogue, I'll have one with you. Come on, does that make sense? Like, that, that's the reality. And, and that makes a healthy church, not a critical one. And so there will be life group leaders as we grow that are kind of putting on weight. Not like putting on weight, but like putting weight on the people who are in their group. Have you done this? Are you doing this? Did you do this? And before you know it, you're like, oh, I haven't done any of that. I was just really disciplining myself to go to church. Oh, well, that's not enough anymore. Do this. That's not enough anymore. Do this. That's not enough anymore. Do this. Come on, look at me. Look at this. But if I, but if I brothers, still preach circumcision, 
why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves. Here's what that means. Emasculate means that I wish that their grip on you that is so strong would become You are listening to them because you love them, but they're not right. And you're going to have to make choices. And not every voice in your life is wrong, but not every voice in your life is leading you to your purpose. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Not every voice is leading you to freedom. Some people are leading you to bondage. And we're talking about the weight that the, the, the Pharisees, weight that, that the young Christians were laying on the church as it was growing. Here is a church that's growing and they're saying, no, 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 you gotta do the law. And we even see that. How many of y'all have seen random things happen in the body of Christ over your tenure as a church member that was heavy. Let me give you a few. Oh, about every seven years, someone makes a video about how we're not really um, honoring the Sabbath. And so we need all the festivals and we need all the Sabbath. And we need, not, I don't even know why we have church on Sunday morning. It's not because Jesus rose on Sunday. But, but the reality is, and so all of this comes up again. And people start talking about the feast and the tabernacle. And, 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 and you're not doing it right. Yeah, you, you were growing. Your marriage was getting better. Your kids were doing awesome. But now you're not doing it right. Oh, we, oh, what? We don't eat pork. It's in the Bible. Are you, you're eating pork? Oh. Yes, it's okay if you want to be a, a level two believer. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, you're not. Oh, you don't. You don't read seven chapters of the Bible every day. Oh, you watch TV. Isn't that good for you? Sure, when you get to heaven, Jesus will be like, what'd you watch? <laughs> I absolutely, listen, I absolutely believe that you need to keep your Sabbath. I absolutely believe that if food, that's why we have moments of fasting. That's why we have moments, of, does that make sense? I absolutely believe you need to study your Bible, but even atheists know the Bible, and some of them know it better than Christians. And so it is the whole idea that you can study this whole content and memorize the whole Bible and it do no spiritual work in your life. So some people do it with the law. Other people do it with spiritual things. They put it on you. Oh, how many, how many times a week do you fast? <laughs> uh, what's the question? Like, I mean, all the real disciples of Christ... They fast all the time. Oh, oh it's crazy. It's, um, well, I fast a couple times a, a year with my church. Oh, well, okay. I mean, that's cool. I mean, you, you do whatever you want, but I think we need to have a Bible study on fasting. Oh, well, I was pretty excited about church and what God was doing in my life, and I, I, I feel like I was overcoming. I was about to step into a life group. I was about to do all this thing. And I'm not saying that you don't need to fast. There's some things that only come out through fasting. So 
Come on, does that make sense? I'm trying to give you an overall thought. Okay? Worship. Oh. You first come in, you first come into church, four songs and standing up through offering, you're like, does this place ever sit down? Your Lord, I feel like this is the calisthenic church. It's like, are we all, like, my blood's flowing. I'm about, don't lock your knees at this church. You're going down. Like, and so that used to be enough, but now it's not enough. And you need to worship. Like, like if you really want to, you got hours. Okay, well, I, I, have, I have a job. No, 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 worship. Okay, well, um, all right, well, my kids have got baseball. No, wor- it's, it's all about worship. All right, kids, everything's canceled because we're going to worship because that's the next big thing in my life. That's, that's step 12, and we're going to worship for 17 hours. And I don't, listen to hear, hear what I'm saying. If you cannot worship longer than 10 or 15 minutes, you need to grow your spiritual capacity. But if you think every one of your spiritual needs is going to be based on how long you do worship, it's heavy. Come on. What about, you know, oh, and we got, this is a, this is a big one. Like, you got people, like, uberly focused on demons and so now it's like oh oh oh! if, if you don't if you don't get o- if if you don't get over here and here's what they'll here's what they'll say they'll say well uh, pastor i mean in jesus's ministry you know 60 percent of jesus's ministry was you know i mean casting out demons yeah before the holy spirit fell what spirit was in the earth? And so I, I'm just telling you now, okay, hear me. Absolutely, we want people, strongholds broken in their life. Absolutely, there are spiritual assignments and generational curses, and we believe that there are times when, in the presence and power of the Holy Ghost, that needs to sever from your life. Does that make sense? Okay, so don't get it twisted. But you just tell me one place where a demon and a devil overpowered the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life and the Holy Spirit got beat up at like a... You tell me. But so here's what we do. We take the hunger for God and we want to see God move and we want to do something great. And so we're like, okay, listen, there, there's some things going on in my life and I, I really need God to move. But the truth of the matter is, is the Holy Spirit enough for you? And are you saying no to some things? And are you disciplining some things in your life? And have you done the moment, severed the things, and now God is growing you or are you adopting a concept that I have to go back because every time I have flesh it's a demon no 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 Galatians 5 don't miss next week it lists all the things your flesh wants and I'm just telling you as believers we don't get to cut down the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to avoid our choice Judges chapter 3, there were five armies that God kept to buffet Israel. And his reasoning was, 
Israel soft and they got to make a choice. And if I remove every enemy, they will never war. You hear me? Absolutely. People get oppressed. Absolutely. And all that means is you're, you're pushed down so much you can't get up. And absolutely, if you want to go evangelize out to people that have not heard the gospel, they are under a wrong spirit. And there are other things in them, and you, you better take some friends. But I'm just telling you that if you're not careful, the law and spiritual things can both become heavy. That does not mean that we will not be a church that doesn't challenge you. But we're going to challenge you to the good things that God has for your life. Amen? I see this all the time. You, you guys can come take this and y'all can come up. I see this all the time. Where people begin to hunger and thirst for the things of God. And I want you to know this. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I want you to work it out. There are things that I had to work out. I want you to do that. But every pastor has a desire to be liked. Just like every person does. And I have just determined long ago, I, I'm not going to be Saul. I'm not going to do everything to please the people. And so now people want to blow a shafar because it's awesome. And now we're going to bring back tambourines because it's awesome. And now we're going to change the worship team's name to the Levites because it's awesome. And now we're going to, and, and, and I'm just telling you, like, I do believe that you have a voice in this church, but I, you don't get to a la carte what's here. And there's a grace that, that there's a mantle here. And if you've been here, how many of y'all been here seven years or six, seven years, five years? Come on. Okay. You have seen the spiritual climate of our church grow. If you want to see someone pray for you and believe for you, you need to come to Wednesday night prayer. If you want to see God move, you need to go through our freedom class. But I am not going to submit to a mantle of people that have questionable character. I'm not. And we are going to do what God has called us to do. And we want you to stay. We love you. If you transition churches, don't go out the back door. You came in through the front, leave through the front. The front is where there's greeting and blessing. The back door means there's something going on in your heart. That's the reality. I want to be very clear. We absolutely want to see spiritual freedom happen in people's lives. And deliverance happens every time the word is received. Deliverance happens. We're fixing to do what I need to save again. Deliverance happens every time the word of God is received. Now, sometimes, listen, listen, I, I want to be clear. 
Sometimes things are removed with prayer and fasting, and, and, and there, are, there is the demonic, and you, we got to go there. But if you're saved and you're full of the Holy Spirit, then your flesh is tripping out, and you need to find out what's going on and what's triggering that. Is it you lack discipline? Is it there's cravings? Is there areas of compromise I've allowed? And you got to close those doors because you will open up more in your life. And we're asking you, listen, to go the long haul. Amen. Is this good? Is that, are we good? Are we good? And so here's the thing. Your first step toward what God has for you is saying, God, I do not want to do it on my own. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, you are the one mighty to save. And your first step is a hard one. It means you have to decrease and he has to increase. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.